Just saying, they love Jesus. Praise the Lord. Anyway, they're waiting for God. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? So good to see all of you this morning. Praise God. Well, I cannot talk about next Sunday enough. I am so excited to have my parents back at Faith Builders in Phoenix, Arizona. Listen, they're going to blow it up. So make sure you bring all of your friends, your, your co-workers, whoever you can get here. Let's pack the house out, amen, and come with the heart of expectancy because they're going to deposit into this house. And I believe that whatever they bring is going to be a residue for what's to come, amen, because I truly believe the Lord is moving in a special way in our church. How many can feel that? I just believe there's something so supernaturally happening, and I'm just so blessed and honored to be a part of it. Amen. Are you guys all talking? Are you guys talking while I'm talking over here? This is like hum of conversation. That's okay. Anyway, so anyway, next Sunday is going to be awesome. Amen. But I'm going to bring you a message this morning. It's a singular message. I'm going to start a series in August, but I just want to bring you one that I think is timely for right now. How many know sometimes we just need a God word for the moment? And I truly believe this is a word for you to kind of encourage you, uh, build you up. I think this is a word that's going to kind of get you on the other side of some circumstances. Amen. So my, te- my message title this morning is called Faith in a Dry Season. Faith in a dry season. And I want you to know this morning that every one of us in this room go through dry seasons. You know, I've been, wa- I've been walking with the Lord for a pretty long time now. And, um, and in my journey with God, I have had mountaintop experiences. How many has had such amazing times with God in your journey with him? Amen. And then there's times where you're on that mountain and life is good. But then there's those times where you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And you just wonder, where is God at? And where is this miracle? And where is this breakthrough that I'm believing God for? I was standing down there this morning and uh, just worshiping, and I just tears streaming down my cheeks because there's no greater joy I get in ministry than to see you all get set free. I mean, it just brings me so much joy. It's the why I'm up here every Sunday. It really is. It's the why, and it just gives me so much joy and excitement. And as I was standing down there, and, and knowing this was my message, and I'm not just saying it because it's my message, but I saw it in the spirit, I saw a dry, cracked ground where it's just been dry and there's like, there's no resources going on on the surface. But underneath that, I saw little buds coming up out of those cracks. And I truly believe that's where many of you are right now, that it may be a very dry season. And you may wonder where God is at, but I'm going to tell you, God is moving on your behalf. And God is making a way where there seems to be no way. And there's something going on in the atmosphere of the spirit that you don't see yet with the natural eye. Amen. And so I'm going to talk to you this morning on how to get through that dry season. I'm going to tell you this morning that God has given you everything you need to be an overcomer. Everything is in you. You have the great big God living on the inside of you with all power, all authority, all dominion. You've got the voice of God on the inside of you, and we need to step up and begin to exercise that authority God gave us. Amen? We have to tell the devil, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And you're going to fight that good fight of faith until you see that breakthrough that you're believing God. Because I think we're right on the cusp of God doing something so special. Not only in this church, which I believe that very strongly, but in your personal lives. There are great things that are about to manifest in your life. Those things that you've been believing God for and you've been hanging on for, get ready. As T.D. Jakes said, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I don't even know how to be T.D. Jakes. 
But I want to stir your spirit up today because God is moving on your behalf, amen? Good things are about to happen. And when the devil starts rocking the boat, that's when you know to count it all joy. You're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my peace, devil. I'm going to rise up and be who God's called me to be, and I'm going to fulfill the victory that God's called me to walk into. I want us to open up to Romans 12, verse 3 today. God has given you everything that you need to be an overcomer. And Romans 12, 3 says this, for I say, through the grace given to me, everybody say grace. grace, walking in this walk of faith requires the grace and the empowerment of God to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Now we'll stop right there for a second. See, God wants you to realize that whatever miracle you need or whatever miracle you're desiring in your life, it's not about you. It's not about what you can do, what you can't do, how spiritual you think you are or you think that you're not. God says, don't think that you're able to do it. See, God wants to work the miracle on your behalf for you. So what we got to do as believers is get out the way. Get out. Did you guys catch that? It's okay. It's okay. It's a little old school. <laughs> we got to get out of the way, amen? It's time to get our hand out of the mixing bowl and let God do what God's going to do. And we can stand back in joy and peace and know that my God is bigger than any situation that I am facing in my life, amen? We've got to step back and say, God, I'm going to let you be God. Matter of fact, everybody put your hands in the air. Wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> you know that's my favorite go-to. And I want you to say, say this, say, I'm going to let it go. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. I'm going to let it go. It doesn't belong to me. Fear, anxiety, depression, that don't belong to me. That belongs to the pit of hell. Let the devil suffer with that. I'm going to step into the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. Amen. It's time to have some happy days. So God goes on to say, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Every one of you in this room, God gave you a measure of faith. Listen, you don't need a lot of faith. You just need the measure that God gave you. Sometimes we look for more faith. If I could just have more faith to believe. No, God gave you enough faith to believe for whatever you're going through. He's equipped you. He's called you. He's anointed you to be an overcomer. But you got to put the devil under your feet and you got to remember who you are and whose you are, amen? That we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the great I am, the Alpha, the Omega, amen? He's the one who sits on the throne and praise God, we can let go and let God do what he's called to do. So God has given each of us a measure of faith. There's something on the inside of you that is developing, amen? There's a seed of faith in you. We're gonna uh, study this this morning, but in the middle of your dry season, in the middle of where you're needing your miracle, we hear before we see the results. See, you're going to always hear from God a word before you see. And that's why hearing is faith, because I have to believe it what God's saying and not what the circumstance is screaming louder in my face. So you're always going to hear before you See, now um, I want to put up a picture up there. The Bible says this, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your faith is in you. God says, I've given you that measure of faith, but it's going to cause the word of God that's going to keep that faith activated. You don't need more faith. You need the word of God to activate the faith that's already on the inside of you. 
It's in you. And so I put up this little picture here for you to see that the seed on the far left is, is the measure of faith God gave you. There is something inside of you that is ready to explode with the blessings of God, but you can see it's underground. You can't see the fruit of that seed, but you're praising God anyway. You can't see the fruit of that tree, but you're serving him anyway, amen? You can't see the fruit of what's in the ground, but you're going to love and stand in joy anyway, knowing that God has a seed in my life that's going to produce a fruit if I don't quit and give up and grow weary, That's faith. So when you're praising God, when you're doing the word of God, when you're walking by faith, that seed is in the ground. And then you do it again the next day, amen? You get up and you love God anyway, you serve him anyway, you worship him anyway, and what happens to that seed of faith? It starts to bloom. But you can't see it yet. And then you get up the next day and you do it all over again. And in this in-between where you're not quite seeing that bud come out of the ground, from the seed of faith to that is where the devil wants to steal your joy, where the devil wants you to quit and give up because he knows something is about to blossom in your life that you've never seen before. See, I've been through seed time and harvest. I've been serving the Lord since 1987. So you're going to have a constant seed and harvest in your life. And guess what? As you trust God more, that harvest gets bigger. That tree gets bigger. The fruit on that tree gets greater. Amen? So you may be at another level of faith in your life where God is saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? God is a light in the darkness. He hasn't forgotten you. You aren't forsaken by by the Lord. You aren't abandoned by God. You're just walking by faith and you're trusting God and you can't quit and give up. You have to trust that that seed in the ground at any moment is about to spring up a living well in your life. Amen. Say, I'm not going to quit. We're not going to quit. We're going to walk by faith and exercise what God put on the inside of us anyway. Amen. It's the word of God. It's the power in God's word that changes your circumstance. As believers, we don't have to wring our hands. As believers, I don't have to cross my fingers. Oh, God, please let this work. Oh, I really hope, oh, God, in Jesus' name, this is going to work. No. I can stand boldly in the power of the word of God in my life. Amen? And that's the authority God wants you to stand in today, in the word of God. So remember this as we continue to study. In the middle of your dry season, you're going to hear before you see. And when you hear, you have to walk by faith. So let's open up to Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 6. And I'm going to share some verses with you. And many of us know this story this morning, but I'll set it up. The children of Israel were coming out of slavery and captivity, and God called them to the land of promise. How many came from being lost, and now you're in Jesus, and you want the fullness of all the word of God says, but there's a journey, isn't there? There's a process by faith. So the children of Israel come out, and they're supernaturally being fed by God. God's having food for them in the first thing in the morning. They've got a cloud by day. they got a fire by night. It's like God's just moving so supernaturally in their life. And when we first give our life to Jesus, isn't it like that? It's like God just shows up. Man, I got the joy of the Lord. Man, I'm so happy. I'll do everything for Jesus. And then we're in that wilderness for a little bit of time. And then we wake up one day and we're going, whoa, where's God at? Where's his presence at? How come I'm not hearing him? How come I don't feel close to him anymore? And see, what happened is the children of Israel were so taken care of by God, God brought them to a place that seemed impossible to show them that they serve a possible God. 
See, it's not about God just supernaturally. God is God. He can do whatever he wants, but he wants you to know the great I am that's inside of you, that there is faith in you to overcome every obstacle, resistance, every forces of hell inside of you. Amen. And so they come to the, the river, uh, the Red Sea. God supernaturally crosses, it, crosses them through. And then what happens? God led them, listen to this, to a city that could not be defeated. Wait a minute. You mean God would take me to a place that seemed impossible? Yes, because God's going to show you who he is in your life. So you're walking by faith, you're, you're serving him and loving him, and all of a sudden you come to this obstacle that seems impossible. I don't know how my marriage is going to get restored, God. I don't know how I can get healed from this situation. I don't know how my son's going to come back to Jesus. I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. I don't know, God, this obstacle seems impossible, but God... God will take you to the walls of Jericho to show you the power of who he is when we get out of the way and let the power of the Holy Spirit do what he's called to do. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit, amen? We serve a supernatural God. And so this is where we're at when we come into this story. They're facing the wall of impossibility. And if you look at the structure of this, uh, of Jericho, it was built on a slanted hill, which I really didn't realize till this week when I was studying, that was built on a slant. And the first part of that bearing wall, standing alone, was um, 15 feet high. The first wall on a hill. So you take the average person, like Matthias was in first service, he's 6'6", so we'll just give it, that's the average person, 6'6". Imagine how impossible that wall looks, even as a six foot six person at 15 feet tall. And it's on a slanted hill. I can't see what's on the other side of this wall. I don't know the impossibilities. I don't know the victory that lies within this city. All I know is I'm facing a wall that I cannot overcome. And then on top of that, you go up one more level. It stands another 46 feet tall from that embankment. And then you go another level up, and it goes, it goes another 26 feet high. And it's six feet wide a total of 87 feet tall on a hill. How many know that looked impossible? Even though God did the Red Sea, even though God fed me supernaturally in the wilderness, I'm facing this impossible obstacle. And the enemy would love more than anything when you're facing this impossibility to get you to quit and give up and lose your hope and faith in God. But we have a moment for the supernatural of God to manifest in our life to see the greatness of who he is, amen? And God desperately wants to do that in our life. So let's go to the story in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up. No one came in and no one came out. Have you ever had that in your life? Ain't nobody coming in. Nobody's blessing me. Nobody's recognizing me. Ain't nothing coming in. Nobody's loving me, Jesus. Nobody's encouraging me. It's like it's all on lockdown. That's what they were facing. Verse 2, and the Lord said to Joshua, remember, this is the hearing first. See that I have given Jericho into your hands. I've given you the kings, and I've given you all their mighty man of valor. What was he saying to Joshua? Even though there's the wall there and you can't see past it, I need you to see with your spirit that I, God, am able to make you an overcomer. I've given you that land. I've given you their kings. I've given you their mighty man of valor. Even though you can't see it with your natural eye, can you see it that I'm going to move on your behalf? 
See, that word see there means to look joyfully. It means to have vision. So you're facing an opposition. We need to count it all joy. I have joy that my God is able. I'm going to see me as victorious. I'm going to see me as an overcomer. I'm going to see the devil defeated behind me. I'm going to see my children coming back to Jesus. I'm going to see my marriage restored. I'm going to see me promoted. And I'm going to have the joy of the Lord that is my strength. And this obstacle has got to get out of my way in the name of Jesus. Amen? But he just had to hear first. He was saying, see it, even though it hasn't happened yet. There's still going to be a march of faith. In verse 4, it says, And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpet rams of horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. So imagine this. And then if you go down in verse 10, we don't have time to go there, but he said, while you're walking, I don't want you talking. I don't want you talking because you're going to march around this obstacle, this resistance, this place that seems fortitude, nothing can come in, nothing can go out, and you're going to get discouraged, and you're going to want to murmur and complain. So I'm going to call you to shuddy-shuddy while you're marching around this wall of opposition. And while you're marching, I'm going to have you have faith and trust in me that I, God, am able to move on your behalf. See, when we see something greater than us, what do we begin to murmur and we complain and we start talking negative talk and even if it's only self-talk, God's never going to do it. I'm going to have to settle for this. And God's saying, keep your mouth shut in this season. Let the seed of faith root up in your heart and you will see the victory happen in your life. Amen? He said, but I'm going to tell you every day, walk around that city of impossibility. Day one, do, 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 I don't know how long it took. I should have studied it, how long it took that day to get around that city. Seven days. See, we think God should just move. I believe God. I trust God. Sometimes God's like, no, you look at that obstacle so your faith can grow on the inside of you. Because I'm moving when you don't see it and you need to trust me. That's the hardest walk of faith, isn't it? When everything looks contrary to what God's doing, God's saying, trust me. You're like, really, God? Because this wall looks a little bigger by day six. And not only that, I'm tired by day six. I'm tired, and I really want to talk. <laughs> I went to a fasting retreat when I was at my old church. And, uh, and I'm single, so I have all this time. I have God time all the time, you know, especially then. And uh, I went to this fasting retreat for our pastor's wives. And it was in this home. And, and I, when I got there, I was all excited. I'm like, quality time, all these women. And it was a no-talking fast. And I'm like... No talking? Like, this is not the will of God. This is awful. I actually snuck out the back door and called my mom crying. I'm like, can you believe it? They're not letting us talk. This is horrible. I just figured, I can hear from, I get God time all the time. When I'm with women, I want time, right, ladies? We want our time together. But anyway, God says no talking. And then you can begin to hear the voice of God. You can feel the presence. The worshipers went before them in this battle. So you can imagine hearing Miriam and all her women singing and watching them dancing, watching all those banners going, but only God could do this, right? Only God can make the walls come down of impossibility. Only God can do that. And he said, on that seventh day, march seven times. He said, and when you hear the trumpet blow, know it's time. See, the trumpet is the sound of the prophetic. And when that trumpet sounded, there's something that happened in the spiritual realm. All of heaven heard the sound of that trumpet, and it responded to that prophetic call. See, when you're doing the word of God, it's the prophetic trumpet. When you're marching around that Jericho, and you're calling your children saved, and you're calling your body healed, and every resistance against hell, you are shouting that trumpet, and heaven hears the call. 
Heaven hears your prayers. Heaven hears the word of God. You have gotten the attention of God, the creator of the universe, who is going to move on your behalf. See, God isn't moved by our murmuring and complaining, is he? He doesn't get his attention. What gets his attention is the sound of a trumpet of God. They heard the word of God before they saw. Now what did they have to do? They had to walk out that word of God, and they had to do what God called them to do, right? And then what did God tell them to do? I think in verse, what verse should I go to here? 10. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall shout or make any noise with your voice, nor make a word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I say to you. In other words, don't say nothing. But when I say, I say shout and then you shall shout. See, there comes a time in this walk when you're facing this obstacle. It is time to make shouts of joy. It is time to shout thanksgiving for what God has already done. It's time to say, thank you for saving my children, amen. Thank him for the miracle that you're believing God for. There's sometimes you better just get in your car and start shouting to Jesus. If you gotta go in the backyard and start shouting for Jesus. I walked around my house many times just shouting and praising God and thanking him for what he's already doing in my life even when I don't see it. See, I think God wants us to get our praise on first, get our joy on first. Let that sound and the shout of God begin to to arise in our heart. Let the Lord fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of praise. Amen. It's time to put anxiety and fear and depression and all the stuff the enemy wants to put on you and receive the joy of the Lord in your life. Let's start shouting with the voice of triumph. Amen. You want to reroute the enemy? Shout. Shout with the spirit of God in you. Let him know who you are. Not in your flesh, but in your spirit. The devil knows my cry. He knows when I step up to the plate. He knows when I take authority. And it can be just a word or a scripture, but he knows I mean business. How many of you mamas know what I'm talking about? Your kids know like that glitch. Like they know they better just, they better shave up. It could just be a look, right? Same thing, the devil knows your sound. He knows when you're done. He knows when you're stepping forward to the plate to say enough is enough, Amen. I'm taking back what belongs to me. And in Joshua um, 21, verse 45, I'm going to read this to you really quick. Lost my spot. Joshua 21. Can you put up there, sweetie? I'll just read it. Not a word. The walls came tumbling down. We know the end of the story. Amen. They made that great shout. By, the Bible says, theologians say that the earth had to open up and they had to swallow the walls. Because of all of the uh, stones and all of the work, how would they climb over it? It would be piles and piles of stonework. Supernaturally, this earth opened up and God swallowed that obstacle. That's the supernatural. How's this going to happen? I don't know, but I'm going to step back and watch the Lord do it. The Lord's going to put my name in someone's ear. The Lord's going to put my file on that desk of promotion. I don't know how it's going to happen, but God does. And all I have to do is shout and praise him and thank him. And the wall, the earth's going to open up and it's going to be swallowed. Every assignment of hell. Amen. As Joshua 21 says, not a word failed from any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. You need to write that on your mirrors, put it on a sticky note and say, God, nothing you promised me shall fail. Everything you said will come to pass in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to be moved by what I see, but I'm going to hang on to your word and I'm going to shout that trumpet until that manifests in my life. Amen. 
We need some breakthroughs in our life. But what does the devil come to do? John 10, 10, we know this so well. The devil comes to steal, the thief, kill, and destroy. Go ahead and put that up there, sweetheart. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But God says, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Earlier in, the, in, in verse 9, it says, Jesus said, I am the door. Enter in that way. See, Jesus is the door of life standing in front of you. Which door are you going to choose? Door number one or door number two? Because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and I hold all power, I hold all authority, I hold all blessings, amen? Or you can choose door two, which is the devil that's stealing your joy, stealing your peace, stealing your hope, and cause you to walk away from the very blessing God has for your life. Jesus said, this devil's coming to steal, but I've come to give you life, and I want to give it to the overflow, amen? The devil's knocking on your door right now because he's angry, because you're about to be victorious. You're about to press through. You're about to go to the other side, and he's like, uh-uh, I got to trip him up before they open, touch that doorknob. I'm going to trip him up with discouragement. I'm going to trip him up with fear so they don't ever press in to see what I have for them. You're coming into the greatest season you've ever experienced in your life. There is a new level. There's a new mantle. There's a new breakthrough. There are souls on the other side of that door. Amen. There is purpose and destiny on the other side of this resistance of obstacles in your life. And you tell the devil, get out the way. Get out the way. Amen. So let's go to Luke. That's why he didn't make me a singer. It's okay. I'd have probably been singing for the devil somewhere. Just kidding. <laughs> all right, Luke 22 says this. Love this scripture verse. We can all relate to it. The Lord said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now, who, who is Jesus talking to here? He's talking to Peter, the rock. He said, Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. But he called him here in this scripture verse, Simon, Simon. I was like, Lord, why did you call him Simon, Simon if his name is Peter? And the Lord just spoke to my spirit because he is the rock, but he's about to behave in his old nature. He's about to step out of who I've called him to be, and he's going to behave like Simon again. He said, Simon, Simon, so you're going to deceive me. You're going to deny me. Oh, no, God, I won't. Simon, your flesh, yes, you will. He said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked to do what? That he may sift you as wheat. See, what does the devil want to do? He wants to sift you. He wants to eradicate you if he can. I looked up that word just this morning, actually. I'm like, I wonder what sift, sift means, because I'm like, I kind of get it, but I really want to know in the biblical time what that meant. And that literally meant they would cut the wheat, wheats down and in the old days, and they would throw it on stony ground, and they would take a, a, a rod, a huge rod, like they would do um, in countries, and they would flog you. I forget which country it is, but... And they would, he would take the, they would take the rod and they would beat that wheat, beat that wheat, beat that wheat, and beat it until all of the wheat came out, but everything else was beat out of it. See, that's what the devil wants to do to us. We have, we have life in us. We've got glory in us. We've got the spirit of God, but we lay down and we let the devil beat us. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. God will never move on your behalf. How many of us in this room can relate to that? And we're on this fresh threshing floor letting the devil just beat us up, beat us up, beat us up. And not realizing that thief is stealing everything from us from who God's called us to be. Amen? He said, the devil wants to steal you, sift you as wheat. Verse 32 says this, but I have prayed for you that your faith value not, Peter. 
I have prayed for you. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Leave that verse up there. He said, but I have prayed for you. Now we're like, boy, Peter got in some trouble there, right? But if you look at the word you, it's plural. It's not singular. That word studied out is plural. He said, I have prayed for you. I prayed for you. I know you're going to face obstacles. I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to get in the flesh, but guess what? It's okay because my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, and when you've returned to me, because I know you're going to come back, I know you're going to get back to Peter. You're behaving like Simon, but you're going to get back to Peter. And when you do, I'm going to strengthen you. And then what are you going to do? You're going to strengthen your brothers. See, your story is your testimony. Your failure is a testimony. It's nothing to be ashamed about. It's your voice of victory. I faced out some obstacles, and yeah, I laid down for a second, but I got back up, amen? And I told that wall to come down in the name of Jesus Christ and get behind me, Satan, and I came back to Jesus with full authority in my life. You're not eliminated because of your mistakes. Thank you, Jesus. Actually, you're more qualified for the gospel's sake because you've been broken, right? And you understand the brokenness in, in your life for other people also. God is so good. All right, 2 Peter 1, verses 2 through 4. Let's read that really quick. 2 Peter 2, verses 1 through 4 says this, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, As his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And verse 4 is the promised one, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. What does God want to give you? Your promises. He wants to give you your heart's desires, those things that you're longing for, that through these you may be a partaker of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, you've got the power of God is what the scripture verse says. You've got the power of God to step into his divine nature for the blessings of God in your life, amen? It's not about you, but it's about the Holy Spirit in you. Many of us in this room, if you're discouraged and you've grown weary and, and the enemy's just, or you've been put through this dry season, you need to start laying hands on yourself when you go home and say, God, I am stirring up your Holy Spirit in me. I am stirring up the gift of God on the inside of me. I command the joy of the Lord to come up. I command the authority of God to rise up in my heart and in my voice and in my mouth again, amen. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that is in you. So we need to reactivate this faith again, reactivate that measure of seed that's inside of your heart and get excited for what God has, amen? A good message is not enough. You got to go home and speak to that seed. Speak life to that seed. Tell yourself who you are. Remind yourself who you are in Christ Jesus, and you'll watch that seed just come alive in you again, and you'll watch the blessings of God arise again. Okay, really quick this morning, I'm going to give you five things of how to stay alive in the time of dry season. Number one, be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you're listening to, whether it's self-talk, negativity, other people's opinions, a spouse. If you are married here this morning, you both need to come into agreement all the time. 
One's going to get a little fleshly. Let the other one walk in faith. Amen? And it'll teeter-totter. One will be in faith and the other. You'll walk united. Talk the same thing. Talk the word of God. Talk faith. Amen? The scripture verse is so powerful. It says in Mark 4, verse 24, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure that you use, listen, it will be measured back to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. He's saying in this verse, take heed what you're listening to, because the measure you're putting in your ears is the measure you're giving out. So if you're hearing negativity, if you're hearing lies of the enemy, if you're hearing all this stuff, that's the only thing you have to give away. He said, watch what you hear. It is okay to tune out all the negativity. You can tell somebody, hey, listen, I know this is the real issue, but we're going we're gonna to pray right now. We're going to talk God talk. We're going to talk the word of God. Let's get rid of that negativity and let's do what God said to do. Just start speaking in tongues, amen? Just come into agreement with God's word and begin to hear the goodness of God. Put in worship music. Put in faith-filled teachings, men and women of God that will build up your faith. While you're facing this obstacle, you need the faith of God to persevere, amen? All right, number two, get control of your emotions. And this is the hardest thing to do when you're facing this opposition, this obstacle, because emotions are at their highest, aren't they? You're angry and you're frustrated and you're fearful and there's so much going on in the emotions and we've got to learn to reel them in because emotion-driven decisions will drive you to the wrong choice. Emotion-driven decisions will draw you to, to the wrong choice especially in obstacles, because we feel like we got to fix it, don't we? We're fixers, and God doesn't want us to fix it. He wants us to trust him. James 1, verses 19 through 21 in the Amplified Version (laughs) says this, Be swift, understand this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, a ready listener, right? Slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. Those emotions are so real when we're facing obstacles, aren't they? It's everything we do. We get defensive. We get offended. We, we speak fast. And God's like, take a deep breath. Step back. Okay, go to verse 20. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God, wishes and requires. So get rid of all uncleanness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which is implanted and rooted in your heart. It contains the power to save your soul. So we have to safeguard our emotions, amen? Get them in control. All right, number three, keep faith activated. Keep it activated. In uh, Luke 17, verses five and six. Luke 17, five and six. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you might say to this sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the roots and be planted in the sea. And what? It would obey you. So you have that seed, just a mustard seed of faith in your life. Listen, the apostles thought they needed more. They said, Lord, give us more faith. He said, you don't need any more faith. Activate the faith I've given you. Use the faith that I've already given you. Amen. We don't need more. Just use what we have. The rest of that verse went on to say about workers that wanted to give up and quit. And, and they, uh, as an employer, you would say, keep working until the job is done, amen? You got paid for the job, you're going to work until it's done. 
And that's how our faith needs to be activated. Keep working until you're done, faith. You're not going to quit before it's time. I have paid the price for you. And you're going to stay active until I see the fruit of what I'm believing God for. All right, and number four, don't give away your confidence. Confidence in God's word, not your flesh. Don't give it up. Confidence is who you are as a man of God and a woman of God. Don't let the devil shake your identity. You are men of God and women of God because of God in you and no other reason, amen? And that's what qualifies you. And in um, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, it says this, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has a great reward, amen? For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hang on to your confidence, and that comes through the word of God. And number five, don't give up. No matter what, don't give up. If you're in that midnight hour, boy, and just hanging on by a string, don't give up. God is right here to perform a miracle for your life. And the scripture verse that I have is Hebrews 6.15, talking about Abraham. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Amen. Keep going. Keep being faithful. Keep trusting God. And I guarantee you the best is yet to come in your life. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. I want to give everyone the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. A lot of moving going on. We'll just, it's okay. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus into your heart and your life. The Bible says if you confess with your heart, believe, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you will be saved. Amen. And some of you just need to get some things right with the Lord. Some of you may just need to repent of some things, come back to Jesus. Maybe you've wandered away and you wandered into church this morning and here you are in the presence of God. There's no mistakes with the Lord, is there? But I want to give everyone the opportunity to receive Jesus or make things right with the Lord. And we're going to say this prayer together so that you could courage this morning. So I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And Father God, today... I'm standing up. I'm remembering who I am and whose I am. I'm an overcomer. I'm victorious. Greater is he that is in me, that is in the world. And I will rise up in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you this morning, Father God. We glorify you for your presence and your power, your healing and your deliverance in this house, Lord God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you have your way over every home, 
every marriage, every child, every family member. In the name of Jesus Christ, we decree them to be saved by the Lord, healed by the Lord, delivered by the Lord, Father God. I thank you, Jesus, that your spirit is just welling up in every one of us in this room. God, rise up inside of our hearts today. Rise up as that overcomer. God, we stir up your gift on the inside of us. We stir up your anointing on the inside of us. And we tell the devil to go in Jesus' name. We tell his assignments to cease in the name of Jesus. We decree no weapon formed against them shall prosper in Jesus' name. God, every weapon is dissolved by the power of the Lord today. Lord, I pray when they leave today, they'll have, I see some of you having a clarity of mind. There's been a troublesome of your mind. It's, it's been a heaviness in your mind. And the Lord is shattering that right now in the name of Jesus. You're going to have thoughts again. You're going to have clarity again in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. We thank you for that freedom over their minds and their hearts, God. We give you glory in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the peace that passes all understanding, Father God. Have your way. Have your way in their hearts, their families, their houses, in this church, in this community. Holy Spirit, have your way. We're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're not going to throw in the towel. We're not going to grow weary, God, but we will press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we're always careful to give you the praise and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more praise this morning. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. He's so worthy of our praise. Amen. I love you all so much. Next Sunday, please bring people, bring people. It's going to be a very special Sunday here at church. Amen. I love you all. Have a blessed and favored day. We'll see you Wednesday.